crippling thoughts, dramatic mysteries, wonderful worlds of fantasy, denying love of the heart that beats within your chest, or is it just your imagination? Let's dive into a world of novels as we read books from all over, from writing and reading reviews to interviews, one-on-one sessions, and honest writing opinions. Let's keep it real in this new mystical mode. Greetings, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Mystical Mode. Again, I am your host, Mystic, and today we have a very interesting interview with our beloved author for today. If you would please introduce yourself to the audience and tell us a little bit about yourself. Yep. Uh, good afternoon. Uh, name is uh, J.B. Lyon. I've uh, been a writer for uh, over the past uh, eight years. And uh, looking looking forward to uh, to being on the show today. That's great. I'm, we're so excited to have you here. So I'll be asking you a couple of interview questions and take all the time you need to answer every single one of them. Of course, it won't be too much, so I won't overload you. So you ready? Yes, I'm ready. Far away. Okay. So my first question to you is, how do you develop your plot and your characters? for your novels? So that's a, a, a very good question. Um, in this particular uh, novel series that I'm working on now, which is called The Seventh Spark, uh, it actually came from a, uh, a game that I play with my kids. I have uh, uh, two kids. Well, they're not kids anymore. <laughs> they're, uh, <laughs> they're uh, 19 and one's about to be 21 uh, in a couple of days here. And um, but when they were very, very young, we used to play this game. It was kind of a king of the hill game where basically uh, there were different species. I guess you would have an alien and you had man. And then you had uh, which would be something would be uh, a spiritual uh, character. And we would all try for basically control of the universe. And uh, uh, we had these little hand symbols that we would make that would make up the characters and one was always trying to defeat the other, kind of a spy versus spy versus spy type of a thing. Uh, I'm probably dating myself because uh, spy versus spy is a very, very old reference uh, yes. uh, uh, from Mad oh. TV, right? <laughs> yes, I remember that. <laughs> so if anybody can remember Mad like TV, that's what I'm talking about. Um, everyone was out trying to outdo one another. And so, you know, yes. I started to... Uh, when I was playing that game, I started to, to, to jot some things down and some different ideas. And, uh, you know, I didn't start off as a writer. Uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a, a project manager by trade. Um, I've managed projects all over the world, uh, mostly in transit technology and IT and, and, and more, more of an IT type of guy, um, you know, mm-hmm. uh, was, was uh, pretty much kind of an introvert and all those different things. Uh, but I always had a passion for, for uh, video games and, and those kinds of things and uh, choose your own adventures and, and all those kinds of things. So I started to write these things down. And, and, and basically, as I started to, to jot those things down, characters started to develop. Um, and I started to, you know, build personalities and so forth. And so, you know, that, that's really, uh, really how it came about. It was more of just a, a natural progression from, from games I, I played with my kids. And then before you know it, I had pretty much my core characters uh, that I wanted to bring to life in this book series. 
That's awesome. It's such a very detailed and elegant story. So that brings me up to a kind of a question of what you already stated. So we already know you've been writing for eight years and you develop your characters through your children and through those games. Do you ever make characters about your children in any of your novels? Like say to yourself, oh, I want what my kid is doing right now is just so fascinating and it can totally lead into a plot in the story that I'm writing. Have you ever had like that type of thought process? Um, I would say that, that most authors, you know, pull from their own personalities and people that they know around them. So uh, I would definitely say a lot of my characters are in the book and and uh, I'm, I'm a pretty character rich uh, uh, type of person, very similar to, you know, George R. R. Martin. Uh, maybe not that many, but uh, definitely <laughs> yeah, a lot yeah. of characters uh, uh, with different personalities. And I'm very big on personality. I'm very big on if you're going to put somebody in the book, you know, their, own, their personality has to shine through and it must be unique yeah. and different. So uh, I, I definitely can say that I've taken bits and pieces of my children's personality, my wife's personality, my personality is definitely in the book, uh, and, and other people that, and other family members and even friends that I know, different bits and pieces. And that, you know, that's just kind of how you, you end up building a character. You know, you even might see something on TV and be like, oh, that's a very interesting character. Let me take that little bit and piece of, of, of this, of his style or her style, and 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 mimic that for this character, you know. So mm -hmm. uh, definitely guilty of that. I'm I'm a big uh, you know fiction nut, uh, big uh, uh, fantasy nut. You know, all the Lord of the Rings and 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 all those different series. I read all that stuff and watch all the movies and that kind of thing. And so you just kind of over time, uh, you know, think back to those things as you as you build those characters up. And I think you just you just borrow and steal from from a, a lot of different places until you build a complete yeah. character. That's very, very true. I know for a fact, most of my characters are based off of my own personality. It's kind of like, have you seen that child's movie, Among Us? Not Among Us, that's a game, um, Inside Out. Yes. That's what I meant to say. Yeah, that's basically what I think of when I'm writing characters. Like, I'll take a little bit of this personality. I'll take a little bit of joy, sadness, and so much more. So when you described that, I was like, oh, wow. I could totally relate to this, 100%. My next question for you is, how did you come up with the titles of your books? Um, that came pretty organically. Um, I think I didn't really put a title to my book till nearing completion of the story. Um, because I wanted to make sure that, you know, whatever the, the central theme that that came through with the, with the title. Uh, so, um, I kind of waited until I got into the final editing process and was really kind of, you know, just going through, cause that's when you have to read, you know, constantly and check everything. And of course, you know, I have an editor and everything, but you know, you're, exactly. you're double checking yeah. their work. And so you're reading tirelessly over and over the book over and over again. And then, and then at that point, you know, I kind of have uh, four or five different titles and I pick one that I think, you know, spits the theme of the story the best. So that's kind of how yeah. I go through that. That's very interesting. I kind of have a reverse way of that. I kind of write the title down and then like I base, of course I think of the plot, but I base the story 
title around that plot idea. That's very fascinating. Yeah, I would My, think I would think your way would be very difficult. Yeah, and I think of you know what your way sounds so much more organized than the way that I write novels. I'm not even gonna lie, but I definitely know if I did try to do that, it would work out. But for some reason, I don't know. I feel like it would take away from my creative writing style that I already got going on. You know? Oh, absolutely. You know, everybody, everybody's different. Uh, you know, it, it might be that the title, you know, you feed off the title to figure out, you know, where you're going to go next. Exactly. And not to mention, my writing process is also very messy, but it gets the job done. It's like walking in, into a chaotic room and then yet you know where everything is. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, I, um, I didn't, as I, as I said, I didn't start off as a writer. And so for the first two years, all I did was attend, you know, like writing, not really writing classes, but like writing groups and just learn and listen and listen, you know, and read books and, and, and try to learn because, you know, the storytelling part is, is, is easy for me. I can kind of think of a plot and those kind of things, but putting it all together is, is so difficult. And I don't know yes. that people, if people don't write, they don't understand that it's like, oh, you're just putting together a story. No, the story is actually the easy part. Exactly. It's making it all fit. And, and, and filling in the gaps and the holes and, and the transitions, you know, it's so hard to transition from one thought to the next um, exactly. that, that you have to, you know, you really have to work at it, you know, in order for it to flow properly. Now, you can, of course, you can take the shortcuts, but, you know, I think in the end, the reader is smart enough to, sh to, to see, you know, oh, hey, you know, you left a gap here or whatever. And if you don't smooth out those rough edges, you know, it, it's just not going to get the, the, the appeal that, you, you know, you really want it to get. Exactly. If you're going to post something out there, especially with your name on it, that everybody, family members, cousins, aunts, uncles, teachers from like second grade and so much more are going to see it and it's going to represent you. I personally feel like it's the best it should be no excuses if you're going to post something out there if you already spent five hours editing take an extra two just to double check always 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 like, that's just how i see it but absolutely i can't i can't argue with that i mean and that's um you know i think they say uh what's good about a good design is uh what is it that says um um it's better to wait than, than to have something bad. You know, it's better to wait, you know, just take your time. And, you know, if it's good enough, people are going to, people, people are going to wait to read it. So uh, in my exactly. own experience, I had to push my book release back three times. So, you know, it is what it is. You, you take your time mm -hmm. you make sure that you put out the, the product that you, that you feel good about. Yeah, exactly. I also went through that same phase. I, I kept, I kept writing through a story and posting it out. And then I went through an editing phase and posted out the editing. Then I went back through, and it turns out my editor, who is not still with us, sadly, did not do all the proper corrections that was needed for it. So then I had to take it all back, and everybody was like, I was in the middle of reading it. And I was just like, I'm sorry, but it's bad. Yeah. Uh, that, that was just a mistake on my part. But my next question for you is... When did you first consider yourself a writer? Well, that's a good one. Um, I, I think to, to, to really, you know, if I had to sit back and really think about first considering myself a writer, 
was after I released my first novella. So um, as I said, you know, a story, I was more of a storyteller. I've been a storyteller pretty much all my life, you know, coming up with little stories here and there. And when I started to put this together, I had an outline of a, you know, I would say 300, 400 page book, you know, if, if I really knew how to write. And the fact is, I just didn't. I didn't. I didn't know how to write that well and be able to put the transitions and those kinds of things together. So what I did is, again, you know, I spent the two years of just, you know, writing a chapter, getting off into these writer groups and so forth and, and learning and, and, you know, learning how to transition, learning all the different things that you need to learn. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I still felt as if, you know, I was more of a storyteller than, than a writer. I think the first time that, that, I, that I could say that I was a writer was after I released the first novella. Uh, it was called The Wall. And it, it's, uh, it's actually a, uh, a, a kind of like a mini, mini story of one of the, the plots that is in the Seven Sparks series. So it was just basically 100 pages um, uh, a short novella and I put it out and, uh, you know, I learned so much when I put it out, you know, and a lot of the things that you talked about, you know, the editing and, and those kind of things like, Oh, you know, I missed this. I missed that. And even though I thought, you know, I edited it great, you know, and then you go back and you look and you're like, mm-hmm. Oh, you know, okay. I can't really rely on myself to edit. I need a professional editor. You know, I need a content editor. I need all these different things. And so I kind of learned all the tricks of the trade by going through that and going through that novella process. And, uh, you know, for anybody that's looking to get into writing and that has a great story, uh, to me, it was it was experience that I couldn't have gotten any other way. Because if, if you don't put anything out there and, you, you know, your first release is something huge, you can have major issues with it. And then, you know, and you spent all this time and effort. And so, you know, I wanted to do something small have people pick it apart. You know, I, 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 I got a lot of feedback from critics and everything else, you know, and, and the, the nice thing was I learned two things. One, everybody was happy with the story. They understood the plot and it was more the polish. And so that was like, okay, you know, I can understand that. And then when I was able to put together, you know, get a content editor, you know, understand a line by line editor, understand where I made my gaps, understand where I need to improve, you know, I spent a whole nother year just learning and, and trying to improve. And then when I when I when I wrote the first chapter of the series, you know, the book series that's coming out now is the first time I kind of felt as, OK, I'm a writer now. I've, I've got all the transitions. I've got all the edits. This looks solid. Yeah, that sounds great. I really wish I'm actually like going through those same phases right now. Most of the people who read my story really says, like, why don't you publish it now? You should post more chapters out. You should do this. You should do that. You just can't. I'm not going to say perfection because nobody's perfect. But you just can't rush these types of things. You have to go through the phases. You have to take. I'm not saying you guys have to take classes to be phenomenal writers. Some people don't take any classes and they're extraordinary writers. But to go through those steps and to post it out during your time and making it great and as brilliant as your stories can be and so much more, I find that amazing. And I've read this, I read most of the story that you have presented me 
from last week and it was very intriguing and i love the letters and the colors they're bright yet cohesive enough to keep me focused on the novel which was really really great and it really helped me out a lot not even gonna lie well that's the that's the whole concept of the visual novel it's it's to it's to bring you in it's supposed to be an immersive experience you know it's different you know i I, and i don't want to i i don't want to say that but you know from my experience and the different things that I've seen, it's different from a graphic novel. You know, it's different from a traditional novel as it's just trying mm-hmm. to, it's trying to bring you into the story. And then once you're in, you know, you should stay for the content or that's my hope. Truly. I did stay for the content. I am continuously going through it right now. When I finish it, I might ask for book two, if there is one. Absolutely. Now, now, which uh, just curious, did you read the, the, the book that I sent? Uh, you're talking about the, the chapter I sent you, maybe. Okay, yes. gotcha. Okay, so for my next question is, how many books have you written? And out of all of the ones you have wrote, which one by far is your favorite? Well, <laughs> that's an easy one right now, because uh, I've written three books. Uh, but I'm in final editing of the third one, and the first one was that novella. So right now, the only one I can really choose is the first, is uh, the second one, which is <laughs> Nice of the Trinity, Seven Spark Nice of the Trinity, because it's finished. Now, I will say um, that the second book, Band of Brothers, uh, in, within the Seven Spark sp- series, I'm a little bit more proud of uh, than, the, than the initial just because of the storyline. Now, uh, both of them have very intriguing, intriguing storylines. But if I had to pick one, I would pick the second book, Band of Brothers, because Band of Brothers really toes the line because I'm a, I'm a paranormal fantasy writer. And it really toes the line between paranormal and spiritual morality. And it really infuses the two. The first book I would say uh, is a lot more fantasy with 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 religious uh, undertones in it, um, and and deals with with it definitely deals with paranormal has some horror in it and so forth. Um, but at the end of it, there's definitely you know some messages and messaging and, and some themes and things in there that 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 will hook the reader and get them involved. But the second book really kind of ties all the characters and all the people together because um, this uh, the the way my book series is written and that it is a uh, it is you're getting the story in 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 different pieces, but they're all tied together. All the characters are tied together somehow, and and part of the mystery between the books is figuring out how they're tied together. In the second book, it really rounds out uh, the the core characters and really pushes the edges of morality, I would say, on what makes a good person and what makes a bad person. Or is there such thing as a good person or a bad person, which is something that I really, really wanted to explore and be open about with my books. You know what? I'm glad you were talking about being a good person or a bad person because that just kind of ties into theme, which is going to be my next question, which is what is the key theme or message that you're trying to portray in your story? And I kind of feel like you already like answered the question, but I'm more intrigued 
what do you think makes a good person versus what makes a bad person? And if you don't think any of those things exist, what would you think a good person should be? So, um, I think the best way that I can answer that, I'm I'm just trying to think of uh, the best way to answer that, uh, that question. Very good question. I want to try to go back to Game of Thrones uh, where uh, if you remember the character Braun in the, in the series, I don't know. Did you watch Game of Thrones, by the way? I'm, I'm making an assumption that you, you watched it. And I regretfully told oh, you that you have made the wrong assumption. I did not okay, watch Game well, of Thrones. Okay, you're one of the few. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you can watch it, I absolutely love the show. And, uh, and, the, and the thing is, uh, Braun, well, who is a character, he's, he's basically a knight. He, well, no, he's not a knight. He's actually uh, wants to be a knight. He's kind of like a, uh, uh, just a, a rogue that kind of goes around and, and fights battles and, and those kind of things. And so he gets into this battle in, in, in any way. He ends up beating a, a, an actual knight. And then the guy asked him why he helped him. And the reason he said he helped him, because he said, well, I thought you could pay me more. And, and the whole moral of that is, I think that the whole concept of good and good and bad and so forth has a lot to deal with a person's perception. And so I focus on that a lot within my books. Uh, in fact, the reason that my books, uh, the, the Seven Spark is a five book series, or at least part one is, I have a part two and that'll probably be another five books. But anyway, part one is a five book series is because I'm telling the story, but from five different perspectives. And when it comes to somebody's morality and what's good and bad and whatever, it has a lot to do with, you know, your socioeconomic background, your political background, your spiritual background. And all these things end up making your what you perceive to be good and what you perceive to be bad. And so I explore that a whole lot in my books. Okay. That's, that's a really, really good answer. But my next um, part of the second part of the second question is, what do you think makes a good person, if said good person even exists? Depend, and this is just from you, not even worrying about your um political, religious, and so many other backgrounds. What do you think makes a good person a good person, just to you? I would say a good person uh, doesn't judge. Um, doesn't judge a good person stands for what they believe in and that a good person uh, helps more than they hurt. I would say that's what makes a good person. I agree with that. I think, I think all those qualities that you've just exampled off is a really good example, examples of what makes good people good people. My also thing about good people is that I don't know if you've read any um, recent society novels. One that I have read recently is 1984. I don't know if you're familiar with it, but it talks about, in a way, it Hmm. talks about humanity in a way way that humanity is different, 
but also controlling in how you can manipulate reality and change the past, making, if you control the present, you can control the past. So when you said that, it just really made me think, as in a good person, based off of what I, from reading 1984, another thing I would add into that is humanity and empathy. Mm -hmm. If you have those qualities, even the smallest or the, like, a shred amount, I think that what that think that's what makes a good person because without those things who can say we are human or can't be human to be uh, absolutely you know? i mean um uh, no those are good good points and i'll have to check out uh 19 i'll have to check that out i haven't read that yeah it's 1984 by um orwell something i forget the last name at the moment but yeah it just really brought me back to that moment but my next um, question for you is I know your inspiration came from your children and I know you've thought of all these different things to put into the story like pulling from every little piece but what was your main focus of inspiration of course you said you write fi- you were really into fantasies and um, what's it called paranormal and stuff but where's that true deep boning inspiration from did you think of it one day and saying hey you know what i see this fantasy story and i want to write one of my own or oh i've had a scary encounter with the ghost that's in my house that's <laughs> sipping tea at 3 a.m in the morning i don't know <laughs> like something like that. um you know i think i think the biggest inspiration for me was freedom uh, you know when when you're able to write you're able to write what you want and and it's a it's a freedom it's a very freeing feeling, you know. Um, I worked in the corporate world for for many many years, and uh, um, and I started off as a very young age. I started off in the corporate world at, at, at twenty years old, and uh, you, you you found out over time there's so much stuff that you can't say. There's so much stuff that you can't do. You know, the customer's always right. You know, you have to take so much, you know, flack from this and that, and you can't say anything or, you, you know, you, you have to really tailor how you say something and so forth. And uh, the one thing that you'll get from my yeah. writing, I hope we right away in the dialogue is this very straightforward and direct and real dialogue. Um, it is not sugarcoated uh, in any way, shape or fashion. It is, you know, very blunt and 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 how people would really speak and talk and communicate uh it's definitely not a token <laughs> type of situation <laughs> uh, because i wanted the opportunity and the freedom to say what i wanted to say and i think you know when you're a writer that's one of the freedoms that you get that's one of the joys you get from writing if you're going to write you're going to spend all that time you might as well say what it is you want to say Exactly. Like, if you're going to have that type of privilege, might as well get the whole entire point across. Don't sugar. Well, it really depends. Tell the truth to help. A- absolutely. I mean, and then you, know you have to know your audience, right? I mean, you, you can't, you know, if you, if you write a children's oh, book, you yeah. might not want to be as direct. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> definitely. Like, uh, I definitely know if your wife asks you, how do I look in this dress? I can literally see every single possible answer just flooding through your mind. Like, how should I answer this? Does she look good in this dress? Will she look, will she, does she feel like she looks good in this dress? So many different things. 
Oh my god, and depending on the honesty will depend on if you can keep your neck or not. <laughs> I, I've been on the other end of that conversation and it never Definitely. ends well. My gosh. But my last couple of questions for you today is who is your hero and who do you believe in? Now this can be religious, political, um, a random stranger you met down the street who just happened to pass you a couple bucks to get something out of a Walmart or something like that, who is your personal hero? Well, that is a tough one. Well, it's actually an easy one, but, uh, you know, this one might cause a bit of angst, but I don't truly believe in the whole hero concept. Um, I would say that I really don't have any heroes uh, because humans are flawed. And the minute that we... um, I want to say maybe evangelize or make a human greater than what they are, then you will, you are, you are certain to be disappointed. Um, You know, I would say that the whole generation, this, 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 this new age of finding out every dirty little secret about people that were considered to be heroes has not helped anything. I think it's actually hurt things because it has taken Mm -hmm. someone's childhood hero that they might've put up on a pedestal and now said, Oh, by the way, you know, this person had eight wives or by the way they did this or by the way they did that. And before you know it, people are, are, can't feel like they can't believe in anything. And I, and I don't think that's true. Um, now, you know, as far as my, my Christian faith, I am a Christian. I believe in Christ. Um, you know, I, I, um, you can definitely tell that in the undertones and, and different things that I, that I say within my book. Uh, but, I, but, I, but I do know that people are flawed, and that's okay. Uh, and and, and um, if, you, you know, if you are a believer and you've read the Bible and so forth, one of the things that it will tell you especially in the Old Testament, is that people make mistakes all the time, but they're still special people and they, they still had a purpose. You know, even some of the greatest men, you know, that somebody would say is in the Bible that somebody goes, you know, somebody that goes to church and says, oh, this guy was so holy. You go and you read it and it's like, oh, he really wasn't. You know, he just, you know, he, he made all kinds of yeah, mistakes. Yeah. So, you know, I, you know, I say all of that because one of the things, themes in my book is, 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 is how, um, how holier than thou uh, people can be and how they can put people on a pedestal and themselves on a pedestal and, and, and not realize, you know, how flawed we are as people. But that's what makes us people. Yeah. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And I feel that very, very well, Lee, because my family derives from Christianity as well, as I am now converted and am, now I am a universalist. My point and my view on myself in the world is to be the unbiased party. I don't know what universalist means to all of you guys or to you yourself, but I feel like I believe in everything, something, and nothing. I will believe in every religion, every point of view, every folklore, every mythological, um, scientific notation, whatever. I take it into consideration. I think about it, and I just add it on to so much more that I already know. 
And honestly, when you said about people in the Bible and it says like, oh, he's such a great guy and turns out he's not. Do you actually know that most of the not most the founding fathers that founded America and everybody promotes them to be so great lectures and stuff like that about our um, founding fathers being so great and amazing. But when you actually go into it look through the details and actually read and investigate more about people we have put on a pedestal, as you said, and praise them for whatever reason, it turns out they aren't as good people as we perceive them to be. But I really honestly think that comes from narrow-mindedness and not having the resources or the mindset to dig into further development within our community, within our religions, within every single little piece and thing that we have discovered as human beings. We, as human beings, are definitely flawed. Nobody on this God, God, nobody on this earth, especially humans, are perfect. For we all commit sins on a daily, and for we all have a selfish intent, we all have a selfish behavior. And it will never go away for as long as we have this thing called humanity. Humans thrive through humanity. No matter who you are, you will always fall into the categories of sin. No matter what you do. And to put somebody on a pedestal knowing that they are too human, I find it very pointless as well. I don't, I also personally don't have a hero. I have people that I look up to and people that inspire me to do more, but to worship them, to always like follow them around, to stalk them on social media platforms and so much more, I personally don't see any point to it. And I agree with you on that. So I'm glad we can. No, 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 it's it's great. Um, You know, I think we're kindred spirits with that because I, I just don't see the point. And I think, you, you know, you have to work on your own consciousness, right? It's better to take, just like you, when, when you're writing characters in a book, it's better to take bits and pieces from people, right? Not a whole person. Because that whole person, you, you don't know you don't know that. You know, you know, don't exactly. know them well enough. You know, these are celebrities or people that you put up. You know, maybe the person's a great actor, but maybe not the greatest person in the world, you know? And, and so you take, you take the acting piece exactly. and, and you throw the rest out. And, and that's okay. <laughs> and there's nothing wrong with that. It doesn't make them that less of a person. It just makes them human. Um, so, so definitely, uh, definitely uh, mm-hmm. uh, agree with uh, with everything that you're saying um, when it comes to to people. Uh, I definitely explore a lot of that in my book, and it's talking about the gray that's in, that's within good, you know, good and bad. But there's a lot of gray, and that and that people are more gray than you think they are. Definitely. Definitely. But some people are just plain. No, not. Depending on the generation and what specific topic you were talking about, some people are just regularly just black or right. But I definitely see within the new generation that's coming forth, they are moreish in a grayish area that I've seen in previous generations to the people that I've talked to. I can't speak for everybody, but I feel like this generation maybe as a chance of opening their minds up to new possibilities. But then again, these are the children that make TikToks <laughs> and eat Tide Pods. So, <laughs> we can only follow them. Uh, uh, the stuff that I see on people's social media accounts, 
my heart slowly wrenches a little bit more and more because I tried to get one of my family members into oh, yeah. boomerang, like yeah. little cartoon things with Teen Titans mm-hmm. and exactly. And they were looking at me like, "Why is it like this? This makes no sense." Let's watch. Teen oh, Titans oh, go. They, yeah, they they, they like, killed Teen Titans child. when they went with Teen Titans Go. Teen Titans was so much better. Yeah, <laughs> no doubt. Yes. <laughs> Let's go. I saw the animation for it. Now I was just like, oh, I can I can vibe with this. This is okay. Yeah, I yeah. watched one yeah, episode. They, they butchered the and... uh, Ninja Turtles too. They oh did the same God. thing and made it made it into a comedy show instead of yeah. Oh my gosh, yes. Yeah, they did it. They did it to that too. Oh yeah. my god. Now the original uh the original TNT was really was pretty good. And I liked the movies that they came out with. The cartoon version that they put out. Well, the I first think, one they put out for Nickelodeon was fantastic. And then they went back and did it for yes. like, they made it all like a Teen Titans go very fun. Everything was about cracking a joke. And it was like, oh man. So. Like, why do they do this? Oh my God. It makes me cringe a little bit more every single time. I'm just looking at these cartoons. So I'm like, you know what? I remember this when this used to be different, and the older one is so much better. So the graphics may have not been there, and some of the editing is different than what we have now, but by far. Oh, Teen Titans Go makes me want to. Ooh. Ooh. Oh, my God. Uh, we kind of got sidetracked. That's okay. Very passionate about Teen Titans and Teen Titans Go. But, yes, Teen Titans was, was a fantastic series. Yes, and when they didn't come out with, I think it was season yeah, six or five, I was devastated. Oh, I was very disappointed. Even better comics. But my very last question for you for today is if you have to describe yourself in words to the audience, what would they be? Try to li- You can limit yourself to three. Usually people say three, but you three can use words, more words that describe so me. Yes. To. Ooh. Yes. Bold, independent, humble, I would say. Very much so. I from talking with you today, I think I can agree with all three of those words. And very oh, humble, well, by you. the way. Very humble. You you're welcome. I feel like you should give yourself more credit for the work you have done today. But not done today, for your work that you have sent me. I truly did enjoy it, and I love the. I really did love the colors. Now, for me personally, knowing that I do have a disorder, reading through it was just so much more calming and appealing to me. Well, that that is the nice. intent of the visual very novel. Nice. It's, it's something, you know, that's unique. I hope that you thought it was unique and different. And uh, and the layout was very purposely done that way uh, to immerse you into the story. Yeah. Did you draw those? Um, did you draw no. The so I have an artist. Like that by yourself. Um, so you'll look in the in the front of the book. 
my artist name, his name is Mike Danovic, uh, who did all the artistry for me. Fantastic guy. Uh, and um, I do uh, most of the coloring and then I do all of the placement. So I'm kind of like, it's, it's funny, you know, I do the writing, but I'm also, uh, I, I put myself in as a creative director because really I'm telling him, you know, where to place things and, and, and the placement of the drawings and so forth and, and how the book, you know, totally looks uh, was, 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 you know, was, uh, was on me as far as how to put it all together. So he comes up with the drawings and then I kind of place them in the right spots and, and, and try to, you know, to, to help to draw you into the story. That's very, very good teamwork. I might have to get myself a artist one day. I do my own covers since I own my own se separate um, company for selling covers and making them, producing oh, them, and selling them out to the public. So, I don't know. Maybe. Thank you. I actually, the cover that you're seeing right now for Mystical Mode, I personally felt this is, the podcast is more personal for me. So instead of sending it to my people, I actually took time and Fantastic. did it myself. And I love the way it came. I, I do like it. It's very much. Uh, I do like the. Uh, thank you. And uh, thank the logo you. It looks. It looks very mystic. <laughs> thank you. And well, mystic, mystical <laughs> mode two and two makes four. So, but <laughs> thank you so much for joining the podcast. Any last words you like? Absolutely. To if if you like what you heard, um, I'd appreciate you going out. Um, the book is available now on Amazon and, and, and all the major online uh, retailers. Uh, you can look, uh, just type in the Seven Spark, um, or you can go uh, to my website at www.jblion.com. Um, I also have uh, Instagram and Facebook, and it's at the Seven Spark. And uh, you can find information out there. Uh, also, if you go into my website and you want to give it a try, uh, you can uh, put in your information and I, I will send you over a free preview chapter uh, so you can understand what the visual novel is all about and how it is a different immersive type of experience. Um, and uh, that's pretty much it. Okay, great. Thank you so much for joining. All right, thank you so much, and and today. I look forward Catch to uh, to your review, and uh, look forward to to seeing what you think. Hey guys, I don't know about you, but when I get badges on my work, I feel absolutely amazing and so much more. I feel like I've truly accomplished something. Not to mention, I always want to grow and expand my readership. If these thoughts ever come into your mind, then these upcoming events are totally for you. The warm-up to the winter event is similar to the Na Na No Write Mo, but with a weekly word count of 2,500 words. You must follow the link and enter a form online. This will run from now until January 31st, and those who reach 20k will receive a special prize! Event 2 is Holiday Helper, where people can post tips in groups. Remember to use hashtag Holiday Helper in your posts. The people who post the most tips within each group will earn a special profile badge at the end of the month. And if you have any help 
helpful pieces of advice and would like to work on decision making and have really detailed and awesome discussions, remember to use hashtag HolidayHelper so we can find you and totally give you the awards that you deserve. That's all for today, guys, and that announcement is shared through Kelly Lord on Inkit. So, guys, join these events and so much more because I don't know about you guys, but I wanted to participate because I want to get badges and special prizes. Until next time, we've kept the real on Mystical Mode.